0: Brought to you by FruitNet Media, this is FruitBox. Hello, and welcome to FruitBox, FruitNet's series of conversations about the fresh fruit and vegetable business with me, Chris White. Every week, I talk down the line with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face today. I I want these conversations to give you the best insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Now, this week's episode of Fruitbox was supposed to have gone out last week. The plan was to record it in front of a live audience at our festival, Fresh Event, uh, where more than 300 people from across the UK came together for a day in the open air, deep in the English countryside. Now, my guest was there, the audience was there, but I ought to have guessed that the English summer weather wasn't going to cooperate, cooperate. It had been sunny much of the day and just as we went on stage to talk, the heavens opened and it started to pour down with rain, or as we say here, like cats and dogs. So our plans were abandoned literally mid-sentence. Fruitbox was cancelled by rain, like a cricket match. So from the shelter of his office, uh, I'm delighted to be joined once again by Jonathan Sutton, Group Safety and Environmental Executive at Westphalia International, one of the world's largest growers and marketers
1: of avocados. Jonathan, welcome back to Fruitbox. Hi, Chris. Thank you for inviting me back um, into the dry and, the, and actually a sunny day in, uh, in the UK today. And it's a sunny day here where I am, actually in Berlin, um, talking to you down the
0: line uh, from here. Now, uh, Jonathan, it's about a year, actually, since you started in your
1: new role with Westphalia. What have you been up to in, in that time? actually two years Chris it's incredible how time has flown in this crazy crazy time that we're in Um, I spent the first few months really getting to know the business and developing the strategy around environment um, governance um, research and safety and this was a new role created by Alc Brand, when he joined the business as CEO and it was important for me not to, to get to know the business but also to to really understand the legacy and the history of the business as well so that um, I wasn't starting... The, the sustainability journey didn't start when I joined. Actually, it went way back to mm-hmm. the foundation of the business, and I needed to respect that. So really looking at the strategy, where where were we today, and really where did we want to go as a business for the future?
0: And that, that's the Hans Marensky Foundation, isn't it, that I, I've uh, we, we've reported on for, for many years, of course, at the, at the magazine. Now, at, at Westphalia, um, which is the, the brand name, of course, and now the name of the business... You're, you're, you've been growing, or you are growing, avocados in, in Africa, in Latin America, and, and, in, and in Europe too. This, this challenge of sustainability, is it, do you find is it the
1: same in each of your growing areas? It has some similarities. It's, um, the principles are the same. So the areas around um, carbon emissions and really what is sustainable business in each individual region, very much the same. So carbon, water, waste. Um, people and activities. But each individual um, area has some specific challenges, um, whether it's rain, drought or flood. So we have both of those in in terms of the the regions that we're in. But also understanding the marketplace that those fruits are going into as well. So um, the sustainability agendas are still very heavily driven by consumers and by our customers. Um, But actually understanding what the challenges are in those countries to meet the needs of those consumers um, is really important to us as well. But yeah, they, they have similarities, um, but they're not the same. Mm.
0: It poured down with water when we were, we first met in England last week to, to record, and, and you don't grow avocados there, of course. But this issue of water and the availability of water, is that is that the number one
1: challenge that you face in the avocado business? Yeah, I wish we could have bottled the water last week in Kent because it was uh, it was torrential. Almost reminded me of um, of our challenges in Colombia, where we have nearly four and a half meters of rain uh, during the year. Um, water is still one of the it's one of the biggest challenges um, because, as I say, a place like Colombia, we have a huge amount of water, and trying to keep that away from the um, the trees is really important um, to to let them grow and, and grow naturally. Um, but then also we've had significant droughts over in South Africa over the last kind of five to seven years. Um, and that's really impacted. You know, we can have a, a hit in one year, but it's the long legacy that it leaves um, behind as trees go into stress. And, and therefore, we're not able to plant as as much as, uh, as we would like. And then the newer countries, really, places like Peru, where production has really taken off not just in avocados, but in other fruits and vegetables. So the, the impact on water availability and mm-hmm. um, scarcity is really important uh, to, to the population, but also how we manage our water use. And then Chile, which is probably the, the newest country to um, to shout about the droughts and, and become very topical in, uh, in, in sustainability about water use. Um, but yeah, so water would be... It's certainly been one of our top two or three issues um, to, to deal with around the world, um, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, is, and is it
0: largely about how you manage the water resources, you know, where you get the, where you get the water from, how you waste as little water as possible? Um, it, it occurs to me, are there other solutions out there in terms of, I don't know, finding varieties of avocado that require less water? Is that, is that something that one started to look at in the avocado business?
1: Yeah, it is. Um, so it is availability of water, quality of water, um, and sustainability. Yeah, completely for the future. Um, within West Valley, we've had a research team really dedicated to avocados for the last, getting on for nearly nearly forty years, where we've been developing rootstocks and cultivars, uh, different techniques to grow avocados around the world. Um, it's based in South Africa. We still um, we still run it uh, today as one of the leading. Privately funded research uh, businesses in the world, I guess. Um, mm. But we don't just use it selfishly for ourselves. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I think we should, and sometimes I think we shouldn't. So we've developed uh, Dusa, which is still one of the leading rootstocks of avocados grown in the world. Um, and we're also looking at, uh, we, we launched two new ones in 2020, um, yeah, in 2020 um, which are looking at trying to deal with more stresses, so more, more drought tolerance, more um, saline tolerant, more water stress tolerant. And so, yeah, absolutely, we're looking at trying to breed those genetics into the next generations of avocados. The challenge we have is, is the time it takes, you know, 20 to 25 years to get something into the marketplace. And the, and the goalposts are moving very, very fast at the moment with climate change really, really biting hard. Um, but, yeah, we see it as an opportunity to, uh, to develop the right plant material for a changing world. Sorry, did I did I hear you right? It takes twenty to twenty-five years to get a new variety into the market. Somewhere around there. I mean, there are some speedier breeding programs um, coming through, but yeah, we don't. uh, It's still all very natural breeding programs. We don't use um, genetic modification or or gene editing at at this stage. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, we have to develop the rootstocks and then we develop the cultivars and then we try to match the two together. So it's a very long process. Um, But at any one time, we've probably got. In excess of 10,000 crossings um, in developments um, as we go forward year in, year out, and mm-hmm. you know in the last, well as I say, in the last two years we've launched two rootstocks, and that was probably the last two in the last 20 years. Um, and variety-wise, cultivar-wise, um, there's been very little development since uh, since Hass Gem uh, came along, three two nine five came along from UC, uh, UC Davis. Um, which we have the exclusive rights to market around the world and grow. Um, But yeah, there's very limited um, new products coming into the market for sure.
0: Now, you don't need uh, me to tell you that avocados have become a really big hit with millennials all over the place, all over the world. It's one of their favourite, if not their favourite produce line. And uh, now these same millennials are being told kind of not to eat avocados because of all the supposed dangers, whether it's That they're produced allegedly by Mexican drug cartels controlling their who control the global avocado business, or avocado plantings are drinking the planet dry. These are all kind of really how should I say exaggerated messages, but nonetheless, I imagine they have an impact. Is there anything that you think you can do to counter this kind of messaging?
1: Yeah, it's it's real, um, Chris, and and it is a shame that the the destructive messages come out. Yes, it's very true. There are um, a lot of water challenges around ground-grown uh, avocados, but no, no more so than any other fruits or vegetables. And actually avocados are probably one of the most nutrient dense um, products out there. Um, so worth a you know, litre per calorie, actually really strong and really good. Um, mm. But yeah, we've got to, we've got to manage our um, crops in accordance with the consumers and their, their view as well. Um, so we're we're pushing out there in terms of new techniques. How can we use less water? But then actually tell our consumers and and talk about it, and not try to hide behind these challenges, but to front up. So we you know we do farm in Colombia, we do farm in Mexico um, with avocados, and it's important that we we demonstrate that we're actually part of the solution, not just the problem, and really talk to our consumers about what we're doing as a business and the good that we're doing, um, and. You know, I, I do come back to the legacy of, uh, of Dr. Morensky and you know, our core purpose in business is to do good. So it's a very simple three-word um, phrase, but it's important mm-hmm. to us as, as employees, but also it's important to to the consumer that that's our raison d'être as well. It's, but I think we've got to we've got to keep talking to the consumer and telling them what we're doing, the good that we're doing, and why. an avocado may be getting some bad press, but actually, there's to, you know, it's a sliver of the news that, uh, that's out there um, and been really, really clear to consumers that the good part of avocados is they are, you know, they are good for you know, heart health and they are good for, for dietary fibre as well. So yes. how do we get that message across to consumers and really drive the goodness rather than... Uh, bad
0: progressives out there my, my frustration is always that uh, i wish consumers would understand that they really can make a difference to people's lives all over the world by by the choices they make at retail point of sale that they by buying an avocado that they actually do make a difference in communities uh, the other side of the world and you know and, 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 and that's important now i mentioned retail and, that, and that's uh, um, where you spent or have spent much of your career working in supermarket businesses, places like Marks and Spencers and Tesco. And in fact, it was at Tesco that we first met when you spoke at our, our Asia Fruit Congress uh, in uh, in Asia more than more than ten years ago. So, what's it like for you now to be kind of on the other side of of this uh, imaginary fence? And has it made you see the job of a food retailer any differently? I
1: see. I see the job of both sides differently as well, actually. So, as a retailer looking out to the supply base, I now understand from a supplier's point of view the challenges and how the messages coming from retailers or from uh, consumers create real challenges for for us as suppliers into the marketplace. So, I, you know, I absolutely respect that relationship um, and learnt a very different view than, than I probably saw when I was sitting in a retail uh, in a retail suit. Um, but actually, I, I have huge respect for the retailers. You know, their challenges are immense. You know, they, the likes of Tesco with their carbon and footprint challenges. And we are part of their problem, you know, but we're also part of their solution. And um, so really looking at us as suppliers um, to drive out some of the challenges that they face um, in a realistic way. But I think the level of partnership is much stronger today than it probably was 20 years when I joined retail. Um because I think the challenges are real um, the challenges are evident um, and the pace of change is, is moving so quickly as well so I think, yeah, I definitely have a, a lot more um respect for the retail challenges, you know, price pressures that they're under. The competition is so much more severe than it was when I joined retail. You know, Tesco had just taken the number one spot when I joined retail. Um and look where they got to now, kind of three in the world. I think they ended up um with products, you know, products and customers across the across the whole of the landscape, which is why why I was in Asia when we when we met for Asia Fruit Congress. But yeah, I think. We all have challenges, and I think the respect of each other for those challenges is uh, is important as we go forward. But you know, forging longer-term partnerships, particularly around sustainability, innovation, which are the two driving factors at the moment, um, will drive efficiency and, therefore, ultimately drive out price and cost um, to create value for consumers. And that's all we're trying to do um, together: is uh, you know, is, is get more consumers to eat our products. But actually make them affordable so that more consumers can uh, can eat them as well. So I think, you know, in a product like avocados, you you know, some people would class it as a luxury item. But actually, as I said earlier, you know, um, pound for calorie or or liter of water per calorie, it's actually very good value, um, and we need to demonstrate that. But yeah, huge respect for the retail market. The competitive nature of it is uh, is fierce, no doubt.
0: Uh, I think the message we, all of us in the industry have to shout from the rooftops is actually just quite how affordable our products are uh, because every consumer out, out there knows that eating fruits and vegetables are, are, are good for you and they're not only good for you in terms of your health and well-being, they're good for your for your pocketbook as well these days as well, I, I, I would suggest. Anyway, um, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining me today on Fruitbox, Fruitbox. That's all we've got time for. I was today joined down the line by Jonathan Sutton, the group safety an environmental executive at Westphalia International. Thanks so much for joining me today on Fruitbox, Jonathan. Now, it's great to be back with you on Fruitbox, so do look out for more conversations in the coming weeks uh, in this second season of the Fresh produce Businesses' favourite podcast. That's before I head on a few days' holiday at the end of June, by the way. Uh, you can find today's conversation with Jonathan and the many others I'm having here at Fruitbox on our website fruitnet.com. I share every episode of Fruitbox on my profile on LinkedIn. So do connect with me there too. Post any comments on what you hear and do reshare my post with your followers as well. Uh, And don't forget to let me know what issues you want to hear discussed here on Fruitbox. Stay tuned and continue to make Fruitbox your regular listen. That was Fruitbox and this is Chris White. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. To sponsor a future episode, please email advertising at fruitnet.com. You can follow us on Twitter at FruitNet Live. And don't forget you can keep up to date with all the latest fresh produce industry news at fruitnet.com.